Hi, I'm Scott Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the GAF Podcast. This podcast is for professionals who want to work in the advisory space. It's a series of conversations and essential frameworks to give better advice. It's the stuff they don't teach you at uni. It's where value sits. So buckle in, volume up, let's go. Welcome to another episode of the GAF Podcast. The final wrap-up for the year. So excited, I've got my good friend, compatriot Paul Crane here with me, the business coach master. Compatriot. <laughs> I'm like him in America. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan, I want to Joe Joe Rogan. Well, That's where oh, we aim to be, Crane. Oh, here we go. Reflections of the year, mate. We want to talk about the wins, losses and draws we've had personally in business, what you've seen around the traps. And then what, you know, the sort of things that we should be thinking about for next year. But let's let's start with the wins and losses. How's it been for you? Yeah, wins, um, wins, I guess business-wise, working some great clients, um, lots of opportunity out there, a lot of successful businesses, similar probably in your field, that got great business. They, they really want someone they trust and a sounding board and, and help them. Personally, I had my 60th, which is a bit of a milestone. You tend to reflect. And God, mate, you look 45, yeah, seriously. Yeah, keep, keep talking. <laughs> um, so you do reflect and, and yeah, it was, a, it was a, a thing. I didn't want to really have a birthday, but I'm glad I did. And it was a great acknowledgement and how lucky I am when I looked at the friends, family. Um, yeah, it was great. Really good. Ah, good man. I know you've had a big year. I mean, let's just look at the content we've spoken about this year in the GAF. And, you know, we've now filmed it all and filmed and video. We've had the year filming, so it's great for we've got the GAF website up and running, finally. But the content we've talked about, functionality, positioning, ideal week, best of breed team, family board, emotional intelligence. We've had a wide range of views. What do we do with all that information? Jeez, big show bag there. Big show bag. Big show bag. Look, I think it's like anything, just take one or two things and actually put them into practice. Um, when I talk about coaching, I say there's five layers of coaching. The first two are concept, why you need it. Layer two would be education and you know, you know what to do. But if you don't go to layer three, which is implementation, then it's a waste of time and a waste of money. So implementation is, is the key. So, you know, red, blue, black, green. Grab it and start using it in meetings, in your diary, in, in the team, in your business, and it can have a huge, huge impact. But if it's a concept, then there's no value in it. Most people know why you should exercise. Most people know how to exercise. That's a good point. <laughs> and where do most people fall down? The discipline and the, the commitment to actually implement it. So, Inertia. Yeah. Get, so it, get it started. Well, it's a bit like businesses pick two or three things to focus on that are going to make the biggest impact in your business rather than a hundred things and do none of them. Yeah, that sort of leads me to that tangent of, I really like that uh, EOS methodology, the entrepreneurial operating system. Yep. They look three years out, one year out, then they bring it back to that 90 day rocks. Yeah. And have a look at, you know, let's not worry about the 10 year vision too much. Let's keep an eye on it, but let's really bring it back to the, what can we put in the next 90 days. Yeah, it's what's important. And I was talking to actually a young, younger guy this morning in his business, and um, a lot of people get distracted and the new shiny object and get, you know, and, and often, you know, the Kobe's quadrant, they're always in that urgent, important kind of quadrant, which uh, leads to burnout. And so it's doing the important things, 
that aren't always urgent, but they're, they're, you, you know, things like planning the green time, which we'll touch on, and planning your week and doing things that are critical, not because they're urgent. Yeah, so we're coming now into this whole December, January, well, you know, I theoretically, I stopped work Melbourne Cup Day and start back <laughs> Australia, so doing Australia Day. Two weeks and yeah. few weeks. I like to have a little break. On a course. But, on a course, on a board. So what, what should we be thinking about December and then we roll into January? How do you think about planning for the next 12 months? Oh, I think it's a good time to acknowledge what you did well this year and what are the wins, acknowledging what could I have done differently and start thinking about planning for next year, what I'm going to do differently that's going to make next year an even better year. And it's a good time to recharge your batteries. So, you know, what are you going to do to... Because a lot of people, if you feel like you've just got to the end of the year and you've... <laughs> got to the finish line. Well, you're not managing your energy, so what can you do differently next year? And maybe it's having more regular breaks, so you finish the year feeling really quite energised rather than, I just got through the year and... Yeah. and People are like that take three weeks just to unwind. So by the yeah. time they just start feeling energised and oh, goes back to work and they do the whole thing again. So I think it's a really good time to reflect and and plan your year a bit differently. It's amazing the number of people who get sick day one of the holidays. Yeah, they sort of just make it to the finish line. Then well, it's the body saying stop, stop, and give me a rest. And that's a bit like the important, not urgent things are health, exercise, those things that if you're putting your you know, just create a structure turns behaviour, so create a structure and a rhythm that supports you. So let's just do a quick refresh of red, blue, black and green and yep. then how we might put that into our diary for next year, how would we do, how would we do that? Yeah, a lot of people know red, blue, black in their business. So, you know, red supports the business. Uh, it's, you know, I use the analogy of blood. Without it, your business won't be around, but it doesn't generate revenue, but it supports the business. Things like IT, premise, the admin, secretarial, legal compliance, some of the HR function, IT. Blue is where you make your money, so your clients you know, that you look after, seeing clients, doing client work, um, servicing clients is blue, so that generates today's revenue. And black is future revenue, which is uh, often we owners get caught up in the blue and red and don't allow time or feel guilty having time in the black, which would be things like business development, marketing, bringing in future business planning your, your business, looking at your client management, looking at profitability of clients, your strategy, planning planning for your business. So it's again uh, planning if you're the business owner, how much time am I spending in the black? Hopefully you're not doing a, a lot of red and, and blue. And then the green was a, a colour I only brought in a few years ago when I had someone whose whole calendar changed, they weren't travelling as much and you know, well, it's a good time to actually look at my calendar. And my first reaction was going straight to red, blue, black. And he actually just, by coincidence, mentioned that his daughter was in year 12 and, you know, I know, well, okay, it's a pretty important time in their life. I said, look, forget red, blue, black. I'm going to bring in an card green, which is what are your big rocks? What tickles your spirit? What's important to you? And Kobe talks about this in, you know, the important stuff as well. And I said, sit down with your wife and block in things like holidays, things like... Your put them in first. Put them in first because what happens is we don't and we get busy at work and then, you know, that the kids uh, concert on or something at school and, oh, I wanted to go to that, but now I've got a board meeting on. So uh, uh, it's been game, a real game changer for a couple of clients this year that they've used this with their, with, at home and it's had a huge impact for them, not only personally, but their business as well. 
Yeah, I've used it with a couple of clients, and it's it's overlaying that red, blue, black, green into their ideal week. Yes. And then into your ideal year. And I think just by putting it into your ideal week, you go, well, you know, it, it, it's so easy to say, oh, I'm going to do my exercise when I get home in the afternoon. Yes, we've all done that, got home and had a look at the lounge and went, oh, that looks pretty tough. from that fridge and up. Oh, oh geez, that, snack. Oh. that stone oh, wood looks pretty good. I can't run now, good. just had two beers. <laughs> and so then we end up, you know, resentful at ourselves. Guilty. Guilt, yeah. No, However, no. if we get ourselves a bit organised around an ideal week, put ourselves in first, the green time. Yep. I put my wife in there as well, time with the kids. Yes. Yeah, holidays. Things that, things, things that I call to your spirit could be, uh, for some people it's art, reading, um, but it, to me you can't manage time but you can manage energy. So if your energy is, is a really high energy and it's good energy, it's going to have an impact on your clients, it's going to impact you, people around you, that circle of influence. It's crazy, when you, it's crazy when you think about it, isn't it? That we, we feel guilty about putting ourselves first into a diary. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a mindset, and I used to feel guilty, and I have no guilt at all now. I think it's taking responsibility for my life and yep. having an impact. And for me, it's taking responsibility. It's a bit like being an athlete. You know, I look at my week and go, how can I manage my energy as best I can for the week for my clients? Mapping clients that are maybe in that second brick wall that need a bit more energy, you're probably not going to have them at the end of the week or maybe Monday. So. No, There's like lots that. of things you can do yeah. to manage well, it. Yeah, because you, know, you talk about managing energy, not managing your time. And I think about my ideal weekend for that. For me, it's that when is the best time for me to do that black activity through the week? Yeah. yeah. And, and typically, for me, it's mornings. Yeah. Because right? I, I get a little bit tired in the afternoon, a little bit, a little <laughs> nanny nap in the afternoon. A big dog on the couch. I like it. But I like to plan out around, you know, red, blue, black. Where's it best fit in energetically for me? Which is a which is a mindset change. Yes, and, and you know, we don't feel guilty if we do some work on the weekend, but we often feel guilty because we, you know, on a Friday we're not working. It's crazy. So it's and, and look, everyone's got different rhythms and different ways of doing it. Um, but you know, I think research shows if you don't exercise in the morning, the chance of you doing in the afternoon. Are, Unlimited and uh, Great. distracted. So, you know, your feedback is good time to reflect, work out what worked well for the year, what didn't go so well, where yeah. did I, what energised me, what took my energy. Yeah, and what can I do differently and how can I, yeah, it's a good time to plan ahead. Good exercise for a couple to do as well, together, even include the family in it. You know, it could be things you've forgotten about. Yeah, I had some good wins this year around functionality about. Getting, uh, getting business owners clear on the, you know, the whole red, blue, black, and then having to hire in behind them to let yes. go of stuff. Empower others rather than letting go. Yeah. Change your mindset. Giving other people an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And, and not to look at it as a failure they need to bring someone in, but it's a celebration to go, wow, we've, business has hit this level. We can now afford to yeah, bring in other skill sets. Yeah, yeah, red, blue, black, green. As I had a couple of two clients that come to mind. One was, you know, he's got a, a real estate business, and he had probably I think one of the best months they've had while he was away on holidays for at least half that month, and and the whole team now working and supporting each other because they all understand they want to have green time because it can be a very consuming industry and. 
And that's pretty rare in that industry to have that mindset of working as a team. So Green has been huge. Um, and another client who, who, when I first met, his goal was to be able to go to Thailand for three months and live with his family and still run the business. And um, so that, that's, again, that's happening because of that, that mindset around it and planning for it. And, and you know, now with, with technology, and you know, we've got, there's a lot more opportunities to be a lot more flexible with what we do. And I assume, well, it's not an assumption, I know you've been really busy in the whole leadership space and, and developing positive cultures or performance cultures, given the environment we're in, where we've got a labour shortage, people are trying to retain staff, they've now got a laser focus on, on the things that maybe they didn't worry too much about in the past. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things. One is, um, I think a lot of people get confused between management and leadership. Management is important. That's about implementing and giving people tasks and you know, process and systems and all those things. And leadership is about inspiring and, and helping build people's confidence and, and coaching and empowering. And there's also a generational shift. So the old style of management where you, know, you just yell at someone and tell them what to do, you got away with it and people did it. The, the generation now will just go, wait, laugh at you. I'll leave and yep. laugh. So... That has been um, a real revelation for a few people, and I'm, I'm, I'm from that era as well. You know, if a coach said, you know, get down and do 20 push-ups, you just do it. Now a kid will go, well, why? Because I freaking told you, it doesn't work anymore. So you've got to explain to them why. You know, mm. if you want to, if you're a surfer and you want to get that last wave, it's going to help your lats and all that. So it's learning, and so I think context, which is those three pillars of leadership we touched on, you know, create meaning and give people context first. The second one is managing energy and expectations, which is managing your own energy, which has an impact on theirs. And then engage action, which is holding people accountable. So it's not, um, it's not avoiding having honest conversations, but it's a different way of doing it. So if you give them context, ask questions, they're very easy conversations. And so I've had a few people go, wow, it's so much different when you ask questions. Or you go in with, with a context rather than diving straight into the the content where it just goes into you know a spiral downwards. So, and how do you? I had um, there was two observations there. One, one's a question: was how do you start this conversation with the business owner? And the second one is people often think that leadership is putting a, a piece of paper up on the on the whiteboard talking about vision and values. Yeah, I guess um, I often say leadership's an attitude and a mindset you bring to a role. It's not a type. A lot of people got the title leader, but they're actually not leaders, they're managers. And some people are managers who are leaders because they naturally, same in sport, you know, people are, um, they inspire people and often the most powerful form of communication is demonstration. But leadership takes courage because it's, sometimes you may not be liked or popular because you have to make decisions that are right for the business or right for the culture of the business. And that's, not everyone's up for that. So mm, most people yeah. want to be liked and popular. And if you look at politics, the same happens here in this country. People don't have the courage to go, this is what we're going to do. And you know they're not telling the truth because they're, they're not convincing when they speak. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see people step into that leadership space and, and be vulnerable and, and be authentic, which is what And, and do you about. think that's your role, is to help them have confidence to step into that space? 
Um, some of them have confidence. It's maybe giving them the insights and different way of doing it. Right. For some people, it is the confidence. They they actually um, maybe have that imposter syndrome. There's a great TED talk from uh, the guy from Atlassian on that, which is fantastic. Uh, so it's it's giving them some time. You know, no, you're generally not taught how to be a leader. No, you just not assume at all. what a leader does. Yeah. Suddenly you called the CEO and you think yeah. you're the leader. And Generally, then they try and imitate the person before them, which is generally not good either because they're not being authentic. So it's really been... I think self-awareness is probably the biggest insight for people I see as great leaders. They're open to feedback. They're open to looking at where they can improve. And they're they're open to understanding. I think Phil knows a really simple one to share with people around, you know, thinks credibility as a leader. You've got to know what you're talking about and have confidence. Um, feel is about engaging and connecting with people. So, and the third one's the knowing, which is the gut, which is the intuit and trusting you, you know, what you know is right. And often when we know what, and this happens to all of us, we know the right thing, we know there's a conversation we have to have with someone, but we go back to think and feel. Going, oh, they're probably not going to like this. Mm. <laughs> oh, Tommy's not right. Yeah. So we put it off and it's that courage to know, do it in the moment, but how to do it. And a lot of successful business owners are very good in the think no space because they're very smart and they're very, uh, they trust their gut and make decisions quickly and take risks. So the feel space for some of them is quite a, a beautiful opportunity to see them actually be comfortable, be vulnerable. And, and I get inspired when I see particularly older people willing to do that. And go, oh, wow, this is quite... quite yeah, the comfort zone. And yep. I, it's, yeah, it's a privilege to, to, to be working and seeing people do that. Speaking of getting people out of comfort zones, yes, we, we have had that start to the uh, great new initiative this year, the Significant Advice Network. That was a great couple of days. Great couple of days yeah. where we've pulled together 15 accountants, lawyers, wealth guys who are all about 20 years into their journey, looking yeah. for the next chapter, the next body of work. Yeah, that was, uh, again, people being open and Lots of really people at the top of their game, willing to ask questions and be vulnerable. Be vulnerable and in front of their peers, ask questions and share. And uh, yeah, I, I, and for me, I work on my own a lot, so it was a really nice place to spend a couple of days with yeah, new people. I, a lot of them I hadn't met before, and um, it was great. Yeah. So for those listening, we're you know I'm I'm re-energised about teaching this this next level of advice, this how to be the sounding board, how to be on the family board, and the how to get outside the swim lane that you're currently in. And I'm seeing this refiring of, of the professionals going, oh, I can get, I see this. I can see the next 10 years of my, my professional life doing this type it's of work. It's if it's swim lane, looking at that beautiful ocean going, there's one big lane out there one right now. <laughs> it's, uh, and I think that's, uh, I think all of us, we. Sometimes there's opportunities that we don't see because we're so because locked in that old thinking of this is what I do or I have to have all the answers. And uh, yeah, it was great to see people collaborate. And yeah. So anyway, you'll hear more about this and the Significant Advice Network over, over the next 12 months. And then, Crony, I'm, I'm going to uh, just talk about our rocks because I, you know, I like to ask everyone about their rocks for the year. If you remember, mine was uh, Joy a few years ago. Joy does not fun. It's not fun, by the way. Joy can be quite hard. Um, curiosity was last year, and then this year was enrichment. 
and I'm pretty sure I've been thinking about it for my January rock will be fulfillment. Mm. Yeah, it's the word that keeps resonating with me. I haven't quite put together why, but that's okay. It'll come to me for a little while. What was your rock for the year, mate? My, my rock for this year was legacy. Um, I guess because I work on my own and having been doing this for a fair while, I was letting, sharing, I guess, a lot of my knowledge with different people and uh, and also with turning 60 and listening to some beautiful acknowledgements from family. Um, and friends. And friends. Oh, yours is a cracking speech. Um, Few funny stories in there which we can't share on air. We won't share. <laughs> One bit floating, but anyway. Uh, so it reinforced that my legacy is alive and, and will live on forever. Um, that was really, yeah, a lot of tears in my 60th of joy and and um, gratitude, really. And I think, and you're probably, you know, we're similar age. Uh, looks like a bit younger. Looks like I'm a lot younger than you. But, um, we we have built up what I call wisdom. I say this to a lot of people we work with. You know, wisdom is worth a lot, and it comes from not just knowledge but experience. Yeah, I've been using that a lot with people lately. Knowledge yeah. plus, experience plus experience equals wisdom. You can't not. have one without one without. Well, a lot of people got knowledge. Too, yeah. yeah, a lot of people got knowledge, but the experience. So, you know, stories from not textbooks, from from real life and from working with businesses. And um, I was with some advisors this morning who were, um, yeah, you know, oh, you got so many stories, and you know, and they sit with another experienced advisor. Said, well, I used to use other people's stories when I first started. Yeah. <laughs> and stories from books, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just acknowledge the source if it's a, from a book, because you can get caught out if you don't. Uh, but that's um, so. Yeah, it's it's um, that it's a nice thing to be able to you know, share and help. Hmm. Now, just thinking now, what, what, along those lines, what are you reading, or what, what are you going to read over Christmas? You've got something that you. I've got that many books that I've bought. Right. <laughs> I've got one on Jimi Hendrix, so that's a bit okay. out there. But right. um, uh, I've got what was the, there's a I've got a I've read one of um, Simon Sinek's. Yep. I've got another one of his to read. I might reread um, Susan David's one, Emotional Agility. It's a really good book. Um, and I've got a few novels that I've got just to, I like over Christmas to read biographies and non-business stuff because I don't generally read lots of business stuff during the year. Okay, so yeah, no, good variety. I'm, I'm right in the middle of reading Traction at the moment. Which yeah, I'm I did read quite, that. Yeah, yeah. Tom, which I'm quite enjoying, the reread of it. Yeah, I often do reread books. And the Stephen Covey stuff, you know, you can yeah. just keep reading that. Seven I, I'll probably have a flick through his, which I do every year, um, Seven Habits. If I can find it, I think I've handed it out again somewhat. And for those that you, you're listening, I've, you know, the, the most important piece of technology I've invested in this year is, is a remarkable. Because oh, yes. I've got 20 notepads around my house where I do all oh, my yeah, doodles. I was going to say, where is it? You've got oh, a pen in hand, it's mine. I do all the doodles and drawings and sketches and I think about next year and new concepts. And I'm hoping everybody out there finds the time for, for that over December and January to start thinking about, oh, what, you know, am I going to have the same year as I had last year? Yeah. What am I going to do differently? How, I need, how do I need to think differently about client propositions, client services, where I spend my time, how am I positioned in the market? What's yeah. going to be different? It's a good question to go, you know, what's going to be different from next year to 
this year. Yeah, and as a business owner, that red, blue, black workflow is a really good one to quickly go over your business and rate each black function up, down, neutral out of 10. You know, is my positioning clear? What's my value problem clear? And then go through sales, delivery. I did that with a client this morning. It was a really good aha around actually our delivery in engineering could be better and, and their whole positions around service. So we just rated each of those functions quickly and it was a good little audit on the, the business and where, you know, try, try and fix everything, just pick one or two areas to, to tweak and improve. Unbelievable. Well, I reckon that's it for the year, mate. I think I've got an exciting year next year. got an exciting lineup. Exciting hey, lineup. Yeah, you're I'm back again. Yeah, you're back on again. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> you're back on again. Oh, that's good. I've got a Guernsey. you got a Guernsey. you got oh, a repeat. I know it's going to be a big pre season, but I, you know, yeah. I can I, relax a little bit now. Where do we find you, Paul? Someone wants to have a chat to you about leadership, culture, business oh, growth. What's the best way to find you? I was you? going to give you my Instagram, but there's nothing on that. Okay. No, go. Uh, I am on LinkedIn. There may be two accounts, just letting you know. <laughs> but go to the Paul Crane with the, there's a black and white photo. Uh, obviously, my email, uh, pcrane62 at icloud.com. Or obviously, they can contact us through the GAF. Or through the GAF. Great. I've yeah. really enjoyed working with you. And, and you, you are selfless in the way that you give out your, your wisdoms and your IP. And I know you, you do a, a lot of work for a lot of people. Uh, oh, I love it, mate. It's a privilege. You're a good man, Crony. Good to have you're you. You're a good mate too, mate. So it's uh, always fun to catch up. I'm sure we'll catch up over the holidays, running a few sand dunes pre-season or something like that, or maybe drinking a... Oh, I was just starting to cut out here. <laughs> or, or maybe drinking, drinking, drinking a stone of water. All Thank right. you very much, mate. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Gap Podcast. We've now developed the Essentials Package for advisors. It's the Collaterals video and training for you to work in this high net wealth space. Also, we're running a course for those who want to work with significant families and significant individuals. For more information, go to thegaff.com.au.